this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. pray over the word one more time father we just really welcome your word to us today and the work of your spirit in our hearts leading us into what is right and true filling us as Chris said to be on fire for you Lord God we thank you for your mission and we embrace it this morning as we embrace you in Jesus name amen God bless you so you grab a seat what a wonderful month that we have had in church and uh, what a fantastic testimony thanks Sudi now I've got to back it up. Well done, yeah. It's, um, yeah, just, you know, I'm always excited about mission and missions because that's where I, when I came to Christ uh, a bit over 20 years ago, uh, I came on the training to go to a missions trip and was very privileged to, to go on a missions trip and we went over to Tijuana and through a youth ministry organisation in, in Sydney and then we went with an American ministry and we partnered with the church in Tijuana and built homes and church, we built a church uh, and also had the privilege of going to Sudi's church and running a youth, youth um, retreat for the, for the young people there in that, in that church, Pastor Gal's church and so when I think of missions I'm excited because of that's how I came to Christ, uh, training with people to go on a missions trip and, uh, and it was just such a fun time. Uh, and, and, and I experienced God's presence and, I, and grew in, in God in those moments. So it excites me. You know, we had so much fun. Uh, and Robin's daughter, Robin is in our church, and her daughter went to Mexico with us. That was about the fourth, t- third time I went. She was there. We, we trained together. There was about 30 of us. And then there was about 100 people that went, including a team from our church. And that was the fourth, fourth trip. Uh, but we had so much fun, you know, and ministry-wise. But then, you know, young people just have a lot of fun. We we played rugby in a tent. I mean, we were we were concreting these these little homes are about as big as this stage, and uh, and I decided to just drop a little bit of concrete on someone uh, from the roof, and then you know they just you know it's all funny, it's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. And then you just drop a little bit and then they blame the person beside them. So they throw concrete on the person beside them and it's all sort of funny and, and then I'm still dropping. And then they realise it's me and so the, the bit that you throw is small but the bit that comes back is a lot bigger. <laughs> and this, this was almost like food fight, like we're on here and then someone grabbed a cow patty next. Wow, it was just... Anyway, that wasn't the mission. The mission was to support the local church and that's what we're about and supporting the local church and I love it, it just says... Go, give, and pray. And, you know, we're all included in God's mission. You're a missionary. Did you know that? You're a missionary. You might not think you are. You're included in God. God has got a call. He's got a plan. And he wants to work out that call and that plan through you. And some of the, one of the wonderful things that in that testimony we just heard was that Sudi asked God, before she knew the God, who is alive before she knew she asked him she asked him and people are asking and I want to speak to you this morning just about talking to people about Jesus one of the most 
important things that you can do in this community that we live in, in the people that are around you. This is the mission of Jesus. So as we've heard, and, and Ruth preached a powerful message, straight gospel message, and the message of the gospel and, and the call for us is to go and preach the gospel to all, all people, all nations, Jesus said. And you might not actually get to preach the gospel because you can't go into that village in, in Bali and preach the gospel there. But you can go with colouring and you can, you can do drawings and you can talk and you can love those people. And eventually, you know, Sudi heard the gospel at some point. It got through and it gets through. And you might not get to be the person that preaches the gospel. But as we heard last week, when Josie was at the traffic lights and she heard a voice in her heart, the Holy Spirit just saying to her, look, just uh, give that guy your $20. She's not preaching the gospel yet, but that guy had just prayed a prayer, God, I need your help. And he had all these pills and she was walking. And as she was walking along the road and she stopped at the traffic lights to cross the road and as she had her $20, that was going to pay for her music lesson. And she thought, and, and she was going to pay, and that, but that was her $20 to pay. But the Holy Spirit said, give your $20 to this guy who's standing beside you. So she goes, but he's going to think I'm weird. But I don't know, what's he going to think? I, look. I just heard God wanted me to tell, you, tell me to give you this, this $20. And the guy was like, wait, what? I just asked God for help. And Sudi asked God for help. And before I came to Christ, I actually prayed a prayer. I was down at East Gosford. And I said, God, if you're there, I need to know who you are. I need to know who you are. And I said that because I'd been going to this training with these people from all different churches that were going on this missions trip. And, I, and something they had, I didn't have. And I didn't know what it was. And they were talking about Jesus and I didn't have him in my heart. So I didn't know. But what I did know was that I had a lot of pain. I had a lot of pain because I, I was actually engaged to this girl and it finished for two years. And, you know, people in the world say, oh, we're going to get engaged, we're going to get married. And then some of my staff do, they're going to get married. And then it's two years later, they've planned the marriage. We had one of those things going on. And then that finished. And then a friend of mine committed suicide, which was just harsh. It was just reality. And so me and some other friends, we just didn't know how to take that. And to take that and to numb pain, what you do is you just numb your body. So a lot of people just numb their body with whatever drugs they can take. And, and so this was the course that I'd been on and it doesn't work. It doesn't bring like, it doesn't bring an end. It just brings, I need to have another go here. Just, anyway, people are in pain and they ask God, just like the guy at the traffic lights, just like Sudi, who's looking for something. And a lot of people, and you know, you're the answer. What you've got inside of you is the answer to people's prayers who don't know Jesus. And I'm sure some of you at some point went, God, I need your help. And maybe you were saved and maybe you weren't. But he is the God who loves to help people. He is the God who wants you to know Him. And so He invites you. And so I want to encourage you today to be a person that will talk about Jesus. Because just after I prayed that prayer, I went and driving, going to the beach, and I picked up a guy who was hitchhiking. People did that I was last century and then starting into this century. I don't see many people hitchhiking anymore. <laughs> yeah. And so... This guy who was hitchhiking, I picked him up and drove him maybe 
two kilometres and he was going to church. I don't know anyone who ever hitchhikes to church, but this guy was hitchhiking to church. And I'm telling you, he was the answer to my prayer. God, if you're there, I need to know who you are. Well, Jesus didn't show up, but he sent this guy who had been set free from a heroin addiction, which he told me about, and he told me how God loved me. And I thought, this is not normal, but I couldn't get it out of my head. I couldn't get it out of my head. And, uh, and so I want to encourage you this morning to develop just the, the culture of go, the culture of go into all the world and preach the gospel. And as I said, it might not be actually preaching the gospel. It might be saying God loves you, just like we heard what Josie said. And it might be just like, you know, can I help you? So many people have got needs. It might be a testimony, a personal testimony. You have a testimony of what God has done. And if you haven't got one, well, you're about to get one. You're going to get one if you go after God. And so having a God conversation with someone, talking about Jesus is the mission of us. This is what we're called to do. Because there's a lot of people in your life and they're the people that you talk to and they're the people that know they're searching and so I like to uh, talk to people about Jesus and I like to listen to other people who talk to people about Jesus and I I listen to this podcast from this guy Todd White and I want to catch a bit of his sort of heart for talking to people about Jesus and he will just talk to anyone about Jesus this guy he he's an American guy has an amazing testimony and so he has this story he was in South Africa and he's talking to some surfy guys and he's just trying to you know tell them about Jesus but they're not interested because the surf was going off and they're all going surfing so then he sees this guy standing there and he hears a voice in his heart I'm not sure if any of you have heard that before just just go and talk to this guy just go and say this just give to this guy anyway here's go and tell that guy I love him and Todd's like American, which is like, I am super confident. Like, I think we could all do with a bit of the American confidence. It's so godly. Truly it is. And so he's like, sure, do that all the time. I can do that. Little does he know that this guy has just seen Todd over there and he's gone, God, if you're there, tell that guy to come and tell me that you love me. And Todd doesn't know this. So Todd goes over, hey, hey, bro, you know, Jesus loves you. Did you know that? And he starts talking to him and this guy is just like really struggling at this point. His businesses aren't going well. He's thinking suicide. His family, he's angry and he's really having a hard time. So Todd's like, going, he's just talking to him and they pray together. Anyway, Todd doesn't know, but he leaves. Two years later, he comes back and, he's, and this woman and her daughter come up to him and they start talking to Todd about what happened on this encounter. Anyway, this guy goes down onto the beach, sleeps all day, gets up. He's a new person. He comes in. All his businesses turn around. He becomes a person who loves people. And they just testify to the transformation in this guy's life. And he passed away before Todd got back. And you don't know. You don't know what can happen when you tell someone when you talk to someone about God, it is the most important thing that we need to be ready with a go. Go and talk to this person. Talk to this person about me. You, we, are, we are a people who are on the lookout for people to talk to. For, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to line this one up. I'm going to pray for this guy. And at some point, through the love that I put on him, we're going to talk about Jesus. And you've all got people that are in your, in your sphere, in, in, in and around you. And I want to talk to you this morning from a passage in the book of Acts where this guy just, Philip, is known as Philip the Evangelist. Later in the book of Acts, 
Paul goes to him and, and I can relate with this guy because he's got four daughters. That's about all they say about him later on. But Philip the Evangelist is in the book of Acts and in Acts chapter 8, 26 to 35. Now, to a little bit of history, uh, what happens is Peter come, uh, Philip comes on the scene uh, when they have a potluck lunch. They do. They have a potluck lunch. What happens is a lot of, lot of people are, are coming to Christ. The apostles are preaching and the church is just in revival. People are just coming in. And, and what happens is some of the widows uh, from... There's a, an argument that breaks out because they're just not getting served the right amount of food. And we could have that here today. <laughs> we could. Uh, some, some of them, there's just not the right distribution of food. So the apostles go, look, we've got a, we've got a solution. We can't. We can't come away from preaching the word and the ministry of the Holy Spirit to look after these tables. Let's choose seven of us because there's heaps of us now. Let's get seven guys who are full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom and they lay hands on these guys and Philip is one of these guys. And so he's just happy to wait on tables. That's his first thing. And another guy, Stephen, who's full of the Holy Spirit and power, the Bible says. And Stephen gets into an argument with some religious guys. They decide they're going to stone him. This is just real abbreviation in history. They stone him and persecution breaks out on the church in that time. And, and it says that the, the, the people are scattered. They're scattered all except for the disciples because they must have hid in some place in Jerusalem. Um, but these guys are scattered out and Philip goes out to Samaria. He goes out there and he starts preaching the gospel. And a, a revival breaks out. And he's laying hands on the sick, he's casting out demons, he's preaching the gospel. And a few of the disciples go out there and the Holy Spirit comes on these people. And we pick it up here after this moment in Acts chapter 8, verse 26. And it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he's in a revival area. This angel speaks to him and he goes out to the road. He goes out to the desert road. Doesn't say why. Just just go out to the road. An angel. I'm not sure if you've had an angel speak to you. So he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. So this is this guy's wealthy. He's got a chariot and he's actually got the scroll of Isaiah, which you know adds to his wealth. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. It's a God conversation that he has. He points him towards Jesus. He takes what he can't see. He takes his misunderstanding. He can't see it. And he explains Jesus to him. And I just want to give you four characteristics of this guy, Philip. Four features of his 
little, these few verses of what he is, what it is to be someone who will share Jesus with someone. What it is to be sharing Jesus. And the first thing that I notice about this passage of scripture is that an angel speaks to him. An angel speaks to him. I don't know if you've seen an angel, you've been spoken to by an angel, but this guy is in a place, he's in a spiritual place. And Jacob has a dream, and on that dream, he, this is in the Old Testament, he sees a ladder going up, to he sees angels coming down and going up, and he wakes up from the dream, he's like, this is the house of God. This is a place of the house of God. And there was no building. There was just him and a vision of angels. And he says, this is the house of God. And Philip loves the house of God. He's just waiting on tables. He is just into it. He is anointed by the Holy Spirit. And he is just serving God in that place. And his heart is devoted. These people in this in the book of Acts, they were devoted. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. It says in Acts chapter 4, the breaking of bread and to prayer. It says many miracles and signs were done by these people. And they went out and preached the word of God with boldness. And so he's in a spiritual place. He is full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And when you are in this environment, when you're in this place, your heart can't help but talk about what's in your heart. Like Chris will talk about motorbikes. He will. And he likes motorbikes and he goes riding and I, I'm, that's good. I don't, I don't do motorbikes. I, I do playgrounds. Like I, I work in them and it's my job, but I love it. So I, I just, I will talk to people about fake grass and like rubber 3D lady beetles. Like you want to talk to me? It just can't, it's in my heart, you know, and what's in your heart? Because a lot of our hearts can be filled with the cares and the pressures and the worries and the pain of what's going on. But we need to be, have our hearts filled in a spiritual environment, in a place where God is moving. And there are angels and there are spiritual voices. And we need to listen to the spiritual voices that are in our lives, our pastors and, and what is God speaking to you about and getting into the Word of God. So the second thing I notice about him, he has a living faith. He's just go. Let's just go. Go where? Just go down to the road. God tells Abraham, look, I want you to go. Where? Just, I'm going to show you. That's why it's called faith, because you don't know where you're going. You don't know what's going to happen. Josie didn't know what that guy was going to think when she offered him $20. She doesn't know. You don't have to know. But you know the one who does know. His name is God. He's pretty trustworthy. He's pretty smart. He knows the beginning and the end, and you can trust him. You don't have to have a GPS when God says, I want you to go down to the road. I want you to go. Go where? Go and talk to that person and tell them that I love them. Why? We were just sort of, what, what for? Like, just go. Just do it. You don't know what prayers they've prayed. You don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know how it's going to help them. Not everyone's receptive as you think you'd, they'd like to be. Not everyone receives a conversation. But just, just go. Just do it. Just go. And so he has a living th- faith and I just love that story I'm just going to talk about Josie because that was just a powerful service last week and so she runs out of fuel and I just love it because she not that she ran out of fuel with the children in the car but that she opened a bible straight away did you notice that she said I opened my bible and she did one of these ones where you open it up and you oh god help me and she actually it actually worked for her I don't know if it's worked for you it doesn't work for me that often um (laughs) 
It worked for her. And uh, in that environment where she ran out of fuel was a guy in another car, wasn't there? She opened the word. She was looking for answers. And there was a guy in another car. And he had just asked God for help, hadn't he? He just said, and he was having a tough time. You've got to listen to the podcast to get the, the better version, the good version. I'm just giving you the rough version, the roughy. But she had faith. She's like, God's going to help me. And actually, God's going to help this guy as well. Jesus loves you. And he was having suicidal thoughts. And then that would have been a scary moment because he opened his boot and he had a gun. And he was, anyway, get the podcast. It's a better story than that. But have a living faith. Trust in God. God says to go and talk to someone. Just, just have, just have a, a belief that that's what he wants and that's what I'll do. The third thing I notice is that he just does not look back. He's having a revival going on. It's great success. It's great success. He doesn't stay in the success. And previous to that, his friend is martyred. All his friends are scattered. But he doesn't stay, oh no, this has been terrible for me. This is really hard. My friend, it said that friends of Stephen took him and buried him and mourned for him deeply. But Philip just moved on and preached the gospel in, those, in, in that Samaria, some area near Jerusalem. Samaria. He went down there. They responded to him. Hey. Hey? Oh, I can't say that over there. <laughs> Pastor. I, look, I have dad jokes just because I just, you can't get away from them, but it's terrible. But he doesn't look back. He's not focused on the tragedies that have happened around him. He's focused on the living God. He's focused on the mission. Now, I, I, we had this job and it was going for months and it was only supposed to go for a week. And it kept getting wet and I had other projects. And anyway, the client was getting upset. And as it went on, it got more upset. And I just carried the weight of that, you know. I just carried the pressure of getting this job finished. Anyway, I got up onto the job and you can sort of feel them. Oh, there's these guys, they should have been finished ages ago. Anyway, I'm just carrying a bit of like depression, depressive. I haven't quite got this job finished. I'm sorry to my client mentality. But then there's this guy there and I just start talking to him about God. And all that stuff just left. I just didn't even think about that anymore because it's not as important as the salvation of this guy, as him knowing who Jesus is. And, you know, if we're focused too far on what's behind, we're not here now. We're not ready to have a go in our hearts, to go and talk to this guy. And so I was just like, you know, anytime I have a problem now, I just find someone to talk about Jesus. They're my counsellor. No, I don't do that. I try and listen to God and just, you know, we, we just walk through what God is. But just don't stay in the past. Don't stay with what was successful and, oh, it was so good back then or the, you know, the glory days of um, East Coast Football Club winning the grand final or something like that. Or, you know, that, that was me. Um, you know, we don't stay back in the, in, in the, the pain. I, you know, I, was, I used to be full on for God. Yeah, I used to go to church. You don't know what happened. They killed my friend. They killed him. They threw rocks at him. We don't start, no, we're here right now. What about that guy? What about that guy? And so he doesn't look back. Um, you know, I saw this powerful testimony of this guy who um, he, his daughter got really sick. And, and so he got annoyed. And so he decided that he would pray for every sick person that he came across. 
And so what he would do is just, instead of like getting worried or concerned, he would just pray for people. And his daughter got healed, but he would get words of knowledge. He'd be going through the drive-thru and there would be a girl serving him. He's like, you have a problem with your foot? Yeah, I'm, let me pray for you. Let me, let me just pray for you. He didn't stay in the, the, the struggle. He just stayed in a place where God could use him to speak to people about Jesus and pray for people. That was a powerful testimony. Because so often the things that we care about so much can mean so much, but we need to be alive to what God is doing. All right. All right, so I just want to finish with this last, this last point, um, which I haven't really got past the first verse of this scripture, um, which is fine. I was talking to Caleb the other week, and you know, we, it's easy to talk to a Christian person about God. And especially in this environment after the service, what, what's God been doing? Or you know, what's God speaking to you about? Um, but we, uh, we would, we, he worked for me for weeks. We were just talking here and there, and, and he witnessed to a concreter. He was a pretty rough kind of character. And he was just saying he was trying to get in there with words and trying to speak to this concreter. Um, and yeah, he just had a God conversation, and nothing came out of it yet. But he's talked to this guy about Jesus because he's, Caleb is just such a beautiful person to have on a job site because he's just so positive. Uh, and he gets a lot of work done at the same time. Um, so it's always very helpful. Um, so, you know, I, I just want to encourage you to, to, to foster the, the sense of go in your heart and keep it alive to go and speak to people. Uh, because here he, he, just, he just has this... This character that's built on his passion and his love for God. This, this Philip guy, Caleb as well, but Philip. Philip is just, he loves the house of God. He loves God. He loves people. And when you are in love with someone, you tend to speak about them. You tend to speak about them. And when you're in love with God, you tend to talk to him. I mean, when I... First went after Sarah. She's not here, so I'm just going to lay it out. Um, like, she brought a guy to church. Like I, she was on stage for seven years before I spoke to her, playing the keys. I was sort of aloof and probably a bit stupid. Um, and she, she, um, she was on, yeah, I was like, yeah, Sarah, she's nice. Never, never talked. You don't talk to everyone. So I, I was in youth ministry in those days, hanging around young people. that were, And so... She brings this guy to church and he, um, he's just keen on her. He doesn't really care about God. But he's going to university, they're going to university. So then because I'm in the ministry team, I start pastoring this guy because he goes out for prayer. So I part pastoring him and, and start talking to him. And at the same time, I am start talking to Sarah. And she's like, yeah. And then she cracks a joke. She's like, witty. I'm like, she's actually, she's a funny girl. And, um, and so I start to notice her more than this guy. And then he just, he's not really that keen on Jesus as he is for her. And so he stops coming. And I'm like, Sarah, where's this guy? He's, I don't even remember his name because he's not important. Um, <laughs> no, he's all, hopefully he got saved in another church. <laughs> anyway, I, I just, just start this, this ministry team meeting for the young adults. But I just don't even care about the young adults. I just want to talk to her. You know, just laying it out there. Anyway, we talk all day, and um, and so I think that's it. I'm going to ask her out. I just got real courageous. I knew where she worked. And I played it really cool. I thought I'm just going to go into her work. And I'm going to ask this girl on a date. 
And I couldn't stop thinking about it. And oh, my heart was beating and I just went in and I, you know, I was doing the, the aloof thing. I ran into a guy that I knew. And so I just pretended I was talking to him and she was over there working and I didn't want to disrupt her work because she's working. But then I was just, and then I just went to ask her out and I just really slurred my words. And some of us are going out to Terrigal later on. Some of us meaning you and me. Um, no one was going out to Terrigal. And she just sort of looked at me and just went, no, I can't go. And I was like, oh, you are such a pansy. That was the wimpiest effort I've ever had. Oh. But, you know, like I, I fell in love with her. I did. And I wanted to talk about her all the time. I'm telling you, God loves you. Oh, you don't know. You know, one day we'll know. He loves you. He talks about you. He knows. He has good thoughts about you. You might not think he does. You might think, oh, he has good thoughts about the person, but he does not quite as much as you, John. He likes Alan more. Not true. Not true. He loves you, Frosty. Especially on your little digger. He loves you. Like, he loves you unmeasured. And when that love gets inside of you, you will go and you will talk to people about Jesus. And you need to foster that love. You need to keep that love. You need to be fit in this, in this, in this journey that you're on. Because he says, go out to the road. Go out to the road. Jesus said, go out to the highways and the byways. You go up to the M1 and start flagging people down. It's a little bit dangerous. I don't suggest you do that. But you know what? There's a lot of tradies on that road. There's a lot of people going on holidays. There's a lot of people that are just going to work, commuting. And those people are around you when they arrive. And you arrive there and you've got something called the love of God. And you foster this love. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna see him in pain. You're going to want to pray for him. You're going to want to do something to help him out. And that's when Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He commanded it, yes, but he commanded like, I'm with you. We're going to do this. You've got this. Come on. All things are possible. Come on, let's do this together. Let's do this. It's, it's not just you by yourself. It's you and Him and His love working through you to bless people, to bless people. So I, I'm hitchhiking one day and this guy picks me up and he asks me and he just talks to me and he just talks to me about Jesus. And that thing just stayed in my mind. He, he just took me from a place of, we're talking about Christmas, not much else, is on the road. Who's on your road? What is, what is your purpose? And let's start with prayer. Let's start with a bit of a fostering of the love of God for the house of God. Let's keep our go. Let's go. Let's have a go. Come on, we're Australians. We've got to have a go. We don't have a go at the leader. We love a good sports person that has a go. You've got the Holy Spirit. You've got the love of God. Go out into all the world. Go to those people in your school. Go to those people in your university. Go to those people who are mowing your lawn, who are living next door. Go to the person you don't like. Go to the person who's annoying. And then if you offend them with your lovely story, then maybe they won't be as annoying anymore. They'll leave you alone. Who knows? Not everyone will receive what you have. But just go. Just go. Praise the Lord. Father, come on. Let's stand and pray. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. For your mission. Hallelujah, Lord God. 
Thank you for your mission, your wonderful love and your mercy and your grace. We thank you. We partner with you, Lord God. We bless every person in our workplaces, in our sphere right now. We bless those people that are around us that we've been believing for, Lord God. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your love. Lord God, help us to grow in the grace of sharing love and sharing the gospel with people. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.